Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today. Uh, we've been looking at First Thessalonians. We're going to continue through Second Thessalonians. We're looking at the principles of uh, how church is founded and what occurs and uh, what we should expect and what we should not be surprised about. And really, we're in the third chapter right now, and we're looking at some things that uh, Paul is telling them, saying, hey, I warned you about these things, so don't be surprised about it. And don't even be shocked that you're actually destined for this. Remember, we saw that in the last episode. So let's start and uh, just recap real quick. The first verse of the third chapter that we'll press on says this, Therefore, when we could endure it no longer, we thought it best to be left behind at Athens alone, and we sent Timothy, our brother and God's fellow worker in the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you as to your faith. So he's telling them what they already knew, that, that you know, he, he wanted to know what was happening with them, and he couldn't endure it any longer. I love that because it sort of gives insight into how uh, we can be sometimes. You know, we want to know what's happening. We want to know what's going on. So he sent Timothy down there, and Timothy had come back and reported some things to him. So we'll see that in just a moment. So verse 3 says this. He said, uh, well, verse 2, sent Timothy, our brother and God's fellow worker, in the gospel of Christ to strengthen and encourage you as to your faith so that no one would be disturbed by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we have been destined for this. So that's the big thing he's driving home with him, is that these afflictions, these trials, these persecutions, these things that came against them because of the faith, that they had been destined for that. Don't be surprised by this type of thing. Verse 4, he continues with this thought. For indeed, when we were with you, we kept telling you in advance that we were going to suffer affliction, and so it came to pass as you know. And so Paul is talking about himself and his entourage, but also them. He said, when we were there with you, when you heard the gospel from us, we told you in advance. And apparently it was repeatedly. You know, <laughs> We kept telling you in advance that they would suffer affliction. And he says, it's come to pass. Verse 5 says this, for this reason, when I could endure it no longer, there he, he uh, says that again, he reiterates that idea, when he could not bear any longer not knowing, he said, I also sent to find out about your faith for fear that the tempter might have tempted you and our labor would be in vain. Now, Paul uses that phrase uh, several times in his writings that his labors would be in vain. And it can actually sound like a vain expression, okay? That he's more concerned about, you know, that his fruit would carry on, that what he had, that he hadn't wasted his time. He, he was concerned about that. He did not want to waste his time. He did want the fruit to carry on, but it wasn't to his praise and his honor and his glory. It was to God and God's alone. But you notice that he had a fear here. He said, for fear that the tempter might have tempted you. Now, this wasn't a, an unrighteous, ungodly fear. It is an awareness that the tempter is going to tempt. And he was concerned that the tempter might have tempted them and draw them away from the faith. He said, that's why I sent to find out about your faith, for fear that the tempter might have tempted you. Uh, the tempter, that's an interesting phrase, um, 
the Satan, you know, and I've learned some things about that in recent uh, months related to Satan, uh, that that's not really a proper name per se uh, from the Hebrew scriptures. You know, that his name's not Satan, but that the word means uh, the tempter, okay, the deceiver. And so it became like a proper pronoun, a proper name for it. But there's all sorts of things that can tempt us, okay? All sorts of things that can play that role of the Satan. And so, yeah, the proper way of expressing it is actually putting the article in front of it, the Satan. So for fear that the Satan, the tempter, might have tempted you and that our labor would be in vain. So listen to what he says in these next three verses. Verse 6, But now that Timothy has come to us from you, he has brought us good news of your faith and love, and that you always think kindly of us, longing to see us just as we long to see you. So he's letting them know, hey, Timothy's reported back, and we are ecstatic that you long to see us in the same way that we long to see you. He brought back good news of your faith and your love, and he'd started with that in the first chapter, remember? How he encouraged them with the good news that had gone forth from them and how all of Macedonia and Achaia had heard what they had been trumpeting forth about the transformation in their lives. He said, we are so excited to hear this. And and we long to see you in the same way that you long to see us. So verse 7 says, For this reason, brethren, in all our distress and affliction, we were comforted about you through your faith. So he's letting them know we're still going through distress. We're still going through affliction. But one of the distresses and afflictions is not you. He says, we are comforted about you through your faith. Now, that's really, really interesting because he wasn't comforted about them because of the things they were doing, this and all that kind of stuff, but it was because of their faith. We get so distracted by the the side issues and the corollary issues of things, okay? And he was most interested in their faith and where they stood in relationship uh, to the Most High God. And that should be a primary concern we have with anybody, is, you know, where do you stand with God? What is your relationship with God? Too often when we do share the gospel, when we speak of things of the gospel, it's more from the perspective of trying to get people to come and play in the same playground where we play, you know, to quote-unquote go to church with us, this type of thing. And uh, that's not the way it should be. He was most excited about their faith. Now, watch this. I'm going to start with verse 7 again. For this reason, brethren, in all our distress and affliction, we were comforted about you through your faith. For now, we really live if you stand firm in the Lord. That is great. Verse 8. For now, we live if you stand firm in the Lord. If you look at what brings life and what brings joy and what is life in, in the Western world believer, it is not this right here. Usually it's possession of stuff. Usually it's possession of what we consider to be blessings of God, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. What he is saying is what really is encouraging him and uh, bringing life to him is that they were standing firm in the Lord. That is a great understanding right there. What if we were to live our lives and to do everything that we do with the kingdom, with the understanding that the, the, the joy of life that would come to us would be because people are standing firm in the Lord? I think it would change everything that we do. 
In the meantime, uh, go read through this first part of uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and take it before the Lord and see what he says to you. I'll see you again next time. Goodbye.